Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Site School podcast. This is the podcast where you can learn how to grow and earn more from your website. My name is Valerie Stimmick Bailey, and I am your hostess for another episode looking at one of my sites very up close and personal. So this is one of my case study updates, and if you're not familiar with those, that just means I'm going to be covering in great detail with lots of numbers and stats all of what's happening with one of my sites at a milestone. I also share some of my strategic takeaways and what I'm planning to focus on next in the hopes that you can maybe take something away that might apply to your own site. In this week's episode, we're gonna talk all about my London site, which is called London On My Mind. I started it two years ago in January of 2021. So as you might guess, this is the two year case study update for London On My Mind. Now, diving right into the numbers, I thought it would be helpful to talk about how many articles there are, my publishing cadence, my traffic, where it's coming from, and monetization, because I know that is one of the big things people are curious about. So I started London on my mind. It launched on January 1st, 2021, and it actually was a spin out from my main travel blog. So I had had London content on my main blog and I decided to start my own site and it has done way better on its own domain than it ever did on my main site. So I think I made the right call though. Two years gives you a lot of hindsight. In any case, as of the 1st of 2023, uh, the first day, literally January 1st, so exactly two years, there were 155 articles published. Uh, I typically publish weekly or bi-weekly, and I've been able to stick with that pretty well, though I have done some sprints where I have published a lot more frequently, sometimes as often as daily for about a month at a time. In the last 30 days, my monthly page views were 40,140, so pretty healthy little site, but my maximum page views in the last year were actually in September, 2022, when I had 67,000 page views just over that. And I think that was in part because of the queen's death in September, 2022. I think a lot of people were researching London and thinking about planning trips and that helped boost my traffic. 89% of my traffic comes from Google, which is very normal for my sites. I am heavily reliant on Google organic traffic, which is why I talk so much about SEO. I have just over a thousand email subscribers and I have earned almost $13,000. So just a little bit over $500 a month on average for the past 24 months. It's about uh, $12,900 as of when I wrote my case study update. So that's actually pretty good. I mean, I've certainly made decent money. I feel very happy having this site. It's one of my favorite destinations in the world. So from that perspective, having the opportunity to write frequently about my favorite destination is always fun. Uh, But I will say, you know, it's been a bummer because it definitely has a little bit of seasonality and it certainly hasn't grown as much as I'd hoped. In fact, after my peak in September 2022, traffic was pretty much straight downhill after that. Now, you might wonder if I got hit with a Google algorithm update. There were a lot of updates in the fall of 2022 into the winter. And as far as I can tell, I wasn't. I just had a really big seasonal swing, which is good to know. It's only two years old, so it's hard to know if there was any seasonality in that first year, but I feel very confident saying that there is seasonality to visiting London, which, you know, if you know the weather at all, that makes sense. It doesn't feel comfortable to be writing at one of the down parts of the year, though January is almost always good for travel sites, so I'm hopeful that I will see an uptick in traffic as this month when I'm recording moves on. So let's talk about the content strategy that I've had. So if you are considering starting a destination niche site, which is what I consider London on my mind to be, you should consider whether or not you're targeting locals, visitors, or both. 
And I will say when I sat down to start this site, I was thinking in my mind, I'm creating this specifically for North Americans planning their first trip to London. So whenever I'm writing or choosing topics, I'm always thinking about that. It's been increasingly hard not to write content that targets locals more than I want. So I'm always sort of balancing some content does target both locals and travelers, but I'm always leaning toward travelers. And then sometimes I find a keyword and I think it might be really good. And then I realize it's probably just targeting locals or it's targeting locals more than I want to target locals. You might wonder what's bad about having local readers. A couple things. First, in the case of my London site, because it would be then UK audience viewing my website and viewing the ads on my website, my ad revenue would be lower. The US in the world has the highest ad revenue available. So the more UK readers I get, the less I make like per reader. So that's just something I keep in mind. That may not be the case if you're doing a US-based site, uh, it's just sort of something to keep in the back of your head. And then locals are actually less likely to engage with any of the other things that help grow my business. So they're less likely to book hotels because they live there. They are less likely to engage by commenting, signing up for emails. In short, they just make less and they give less. And so I am acutely aware of not writing a Londoner's site. I'm writing a site for people who want to visit London. And that helps me keep my focus as I pick topics that I want to write about. So some of the strategic takeaways I think that are worth in particular noting from this site as it is one of my oldest sites in my big swath of new niche sites I started in 2021 is that seasonal content is a great strategy. And I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this in some of my other case studies, but I can just tell you upfront that writing seasonal content, both season wise, like as the calendar works and holiday based and monthly content has become an incredible part of my strategy. So seasonal content comprises about 10% of my traffic right now, but what's really nice about it is it's the traffic that I was just leaving on the table. If I didn't have these posts, I would not have been even getting these keywords. And once I write that seasonal content the first time, keeping it updated is much easier than other pieces of content. So I write visiting London in April, every January of the next year, I just have to go in and make sure that dates are updated, that events that have changed have the correct information, and that's it. It's not a really heavy lift to keep that updated and have it perform well in Google. So if you cover a topic that can have seasonal or monthly changes, you might consider creating content to target each of those terms and then keep them updated annually. This is also something that you could outsource to keep updated. So you don't necessarily have to check dates and things like that. You could have a VA help you or an editor help you with that. The next thing that I have learned from this site is that special events can provide big wins. And I had a sense of that when the queen died and my traffic did really well. I would just encourage you to think about special events traffic if you're also thinking about seasonal traffic. So special events could also be holidays like Halloween I mentioned earlier, but for me in London, it means considering what big things happen either once or regularly enough that having a post will help target an audience that would not find me otherwise. So right after I got home from my London trip, I decided to write a post about how to plan a trip for King Charles coronation, which is happening in May. It's become my number two post and we're still five months away from the coronation. It is a very healthy website. It is more than earned back its keep at this point. And I know because it is so targeted at travelers because it's about planning a London trip, that it's getting a really good return on the investment of my time. I've also experienced this kind of boost over on my space tourism guide site. I do this a lot with meteor showers or special astronomical events. I've just learned that those tend to spike a lot of traffic. Yeah, it dies afterward, but it's well worth it to get that traffic I wouldn't get otherwise, especially if I'm trying to boost to maybe get some ad network or any sort of partnership like that. So I'd encourage you to consider what, if any, special events make sense for the topic that you write about, and then add content that helps people plan for that thing on your site. 
The final thing that I've learned from my London site in the past six months as I've approached this two-year milestone, which is a big milestone, is that comparison is the thief of joy. I love London. I love writing about London. I love visiting London. I love so much about the city. And I've also learned that writing too much about London and certainly comparing myself to what other creators are doing with regards to promoting London is a surefire way to make me feel terrible about myself and not want to work on my site. So for example, I've had thoughts like, there's a site doing two to three posts every day and they get half a million page views. Maybe if I did two to three posts every day, I would get half a million page views. Or there's this YouTuber who's getting $10,000 a month because she does all this YouTube and she has hundreds of thousands of followers. And there's so many influencers on the ground and they, cause they live there, they can certainly do better than I can. And it sort of makes me feel really bummed. Um, especially in light of the trip I took in September where I ended up getting food poisoning for part of my trip and was unable to go out and shoot as much video as I had hoped. So I don't necessarily have a solution or advice here, but a reminder that comparing yourself to your competition is a really hard way to run a site and stay passionate about it. And it's hard to put on blinders. It's hard to keep your head down. But if you keep in mind the audience that you're working for and what you want to accomplish and who you want to reach, and you don't look too much at what everyone around you is doing, and you just do what you can the best you can, it's sort of the best way to keep going at this long hamster wheel marathon we're all on. Um, and my cats like to inform me that giving your pets lots of love is another good way to help you feel better. And that message was brought to you by Annabelle, who you can often see on my Instagram stories. So what's next? At this point, I have a couple things that I have in mind for how to grow London on my mind is it goes into its third year. And quick point to make here is that I will not be doing another update about the site until three years. So it's gonna be a whole year before you hear any more about the site, though you can always reach out to me and ask how it's going. In any case, here's what I'm focused on for 2023 slash year three. First of all, scaling my content team. I just need help producing more content. So while I said comparison is the thief of joy and I don't wanna say just because someone else is producing more than I am, that's what I need to do to be successful. I have done the research now and I know that if I could increase from two to five articles a week, I will get so much more opportunity to gain traffic and really growing traffic is what's gonna help this part of my business grow in revenue and produce more opportunities for me as a traveler when I go to London, which is what I'd love to do more often. So my goal is to bring on a second writer pretty much ASAP. And actually I'm recording this sort of at the end of January and I've already started that process. I've already got a writing team that I'm trying out. I've got several writers on, on sort of on back burner to see if any of those might work. And uh, I'm open to guest posts. So if you love London and you wanna write about something, you can reach out to me and I'd be happy to provide you backlinks for that. Uh, just post one of my first guest posts on the site this morning. The other thing that I wanna focus on is email. I say this in every one of my case studies. So if you're feeling like you struggle with email and you struggle with prioritizing it, let this be the message to you that you are completely not alone and I do not have every part of my business on lockdown. Email is one of my weak spots too and it's one that I wanna focus on for my London site because it is pretty, minimal in terms of strategy and I know there's opportunities to grow. So in the past year, I went from 10 to a thousand subscribers, which is like fine, but not great, right? Like I'm not even getting a hundred new subscribers per month. There's certainly opportunities given how much traffic I'm getting. So what I want to do is start to get better at emailing every single week, like I tell you to do. And like you might've noticed in one of my recent podcast episodes, I'm giving you ideas for that. And then I want to figure out a better form and a better freebie to get people to sign up at a higher rate. So I checked just before I started recording this and I'm getting 0.46% sign up from my sign up form. And it's a slide in, so it's pretty invasive and it is not performing well. So that's one of my big things for 2023. Ideally, because I will be able to scale my writing team, get more writers, and then I'm bringing on a content manager for my whole business. 
And I may do a podcast episode about that in the future. If you want me to do that, let me know. Um, reach out to me on social media and let me know if you want to hear about what parts of my business I'm scaling and where and why. Anyway, when I have a bigger team to work with on helping run this site, I can then focus on the things that need my attention, like email. Finally, and though I just said not to compare yourself to everyone, I know that social media should be a big part of my strategy, in particular Instagram and Reels. I just know that's where part of my audience is, part of the North Americans traveling to London for the first time. I know they're there. And I know that a lot of the brands I might want to partner with when I visit London care about that. So while my tiny little account has only 100 followers and I completely failed to do 31 Reels in January for this account like I had hoped, I am still going to make it a priority this year to try and get in there and get used to creating content regularly. And here's a spoiler, that's another part of my business that I'm hiring for. So I hope to have an Instagram video editor soon and that will help me start to scale up my content production on social media to hopefully grow the whole part of my business. In any case, that's a lot. So just to recap, things I learned, comparison is the thief of joy, try and resist it as much as you can. Think about seasonal content and how you can write about special events. And then I'm focused on scaling my team, building out my email strategy, and doing more social media. If you've enjoyed this episode or you have any questions, you can always reach out to me over on social media. I have the Site School Facebook community. It's always looking for new people to join and join in the fun. And uh, if you really enjoyed it, I would appreciate if you were able to give a rating and review to this podcast. You can find it in whatever podcast player you're listening on. And it just helps me to reach more people who, like us, are working to grow and build our sites. I will see you back next week with another new episode. And thanks again for joining me on the Site School Podcast.